Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Good Monday afternoon. Beautiful sunshiny day with our lovely white snow. Hope you're having a good day. Thanks for spending part of it with us. Of course, we have heard so much, starting with Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, Jeremy Piven, Dustin Hoffman. The list goes on when we talk about the allegations of sexual harassment in Hollywood. And while that grabs the headlines, I think we are fools to think it's only happening in Hollywood. Sexual harassment is all around us, probably... You've experienced it. You've witnessed it. Wonder what you did if either of those things happened to you. But if nothing else, the awful allegations that are coming out of Hollywood maybe gives us an opportunity to take a closer look at our attitudes towards sexual harassment. And in particular, what we would do as bystanders if we witnessed it. Because if we are using Harvey Weinstein as an example, there are stories that it was the open secret. A lot of people knew about it, never ever reported it, didn't do anything more because Harvey Weinstein was a powerful man. But that scenario is duplicated in workplaces around the world. And that's why I thought it was important that we delve into it this half hour. George Cunningham, professor of sport management, faculty affiliate of the Women's and Gender Studies Program, director laboratory for diversity in sport, Texas A&M University. Professor Cunningham, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You know, you have a, a, a long title there. I think the more important part is you've done several studies into sexual harassment and how people are in situations where they may witness it. So that's why I'm so glad we could talk to you about this. This is perfect, George. But when we are talking about Hollywood, and as I said in my introduction, this is happening everywhere. This isn't just in Hollywood. But I, I think one of the big things to come out of this is why bystanders rarely speak out. What have you found in your research? So we've done a couple of studies on this topic, and we started by asking people hypothetically, so what would you do in various scenarios? And uh, almost to a person, when presented with a hypothetical scenario, people say that they'll be distraught, and if you measure their emotional reactions afterwards, then... Uh, They'll be very emotionally upset, and they say that they'll report it or intervene and step in and say something. So that was an uh, encouraging pattern of findings, but that was situated alongside other research in terms of how people respond to race, for example, or racial discrimination, where it shows that even though they say they will, they actually don't do anything. And so we designed some studies to look at that in terms of observing uh, uncivil behavior or sexual harassment toward women and found that, again, when presented with a hypothetical scenario, people said that they would be emotionally upset and respond, but when it actually occurred uh, and when they actually witnessed it, they didn't have that reaction and they didn't do anything. And so it really goes to show that even though 
we say that we'll do things, many times that doesn't actually happen. Can we almost, when it comes to sexual harassment, I wonder if we interchange with the word bullying, because this almost sounds like a similar situation when we talk about rampant bullying in schools and why the bystanders don't do anything. Is it almost as if it's not happening to me? I don't want to bring attention to it or it could happen to me. What do you think's going on here? So I think there are a couple of things, and one is that, you know, life is pretty messy and there's a whole lot going on around us. And so when we're presented with the hypothetical scenario, we can focus in on that particular question at hand and really pay a lot of attention to it and even respond maybe sometimes how we think we ought to. But when it actually occurs in real life, then... Uh, again, people are attuned to different things and maybe not as attuned to the sexual harassment or the bullying behavior or the incivility. So it could be an attention matter. I think other things factor into it, though. So we wrote an article recently that was picked up by a couple of uh, news organizations uh, really around the world. And what was interesting was to look at the comments on the articles. And invariably, people re, uh, recounted stories of when they were growing up and they tell a neighbor that their dad was beating up their mom and the neighbor didn't do anything. Or if they were in an organization and they saw uh, sexual harassment taking place, why they wouldn't do something. And it, it's because I don't know why the neighbor wouldn't do it in the first scenario, but the people in organizations talked about retaliation and they needed their job and they thought that others would speak up and all you know we can talk about all the excuses that we can but invariably it led to them not doing something and I think that's the real thing to focus in on is why why don't individuals act even when they say or think that they should Have you done any research into that then, more specifically? Because it almost sounds back to that idea of um, it's all about me. I'm concerned about my job. I'm concerned about retaliation. It's I'm, 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 as opposed to, wait a second, I think I've just witnessed a co-worker being sexually harassed. Yes. And so there's a couple of people um, who've looked at this uh, And what they found is organizations that really talk about this, um, that train people to uh, respond, that set up anonymous uh, lines where they can communicate. uh, So you don't have to leave your name. You can just indicate uh, my coworker was harassed and here's the incident that happened. In those cases, those organizations, uh, you'll see a lot more people speak up and uh, take steps to end the harassment. There's also a program called Green Dot Training, and this is not necessarily just sexual harassment, but any sort of uh, violence that's taking place, any sort of uh, negative behavior that's taking place. And what Green Dot Training does is uh, make people aware of their surroundings and be aware of what's taking place and then gives them actionable steps that they can take to intervene. So it doesn't mean that if you 
see people in a fight that you need to go in and break up the fight. For a lot of people, that's not going to happen. But it does give you steps on, okay, here's what can take place with a fight or if you're observing a fight or if we expand it to sexual harassment. Here are steps that you can take uh, to end that harassment because until you're in that situation and even role-playing in some cases can help uh, put yourself to where you're imagining yourself in that situation. Um, and that makes it a little bit more concrete and more real for the people who are observing it and allows them to then uh, take the steps to end it. And what we found is that whether you're talking about those inclusive organizations that talk about it and set up the good systems or whether the people we're talking about the people who've gone through the green dot training, those people in those instances, they're more likely to intervene. I know it's probably difficult in some organizations when the person who may be the predator, quote unquote, is uh, your superior. And so I guess that's that goes back to the whole culture of the workplace and whether or not employees feel like they could actually report their superior. Yes, and in larger organizations where you may have a separate HR uh, group that's uh, maybe not directly reporting to the superior, then, again, those lines of communication where you can report it anonymously or at the least confidentially, um, those are really set up to uh, help people to take a stand. Where we have a problem is in the smaller organizations where you may not have that separation. And then I get it. It is difficult to speak up and take a stand. Um, And it really, I guess, comes down then to the individual uh, and what's that individual going to do to move beyond just what's in it for me, but to empathize with the other. And certainly they would want somebody to speak up if that was happening to themselves. Yeah. George, I just want to take a break here. Uh, George Cunningham, professor of sport management, uh, Texas A&M University, and we are talking about sexual harassment, what bystanders can do, often don't do, and why they don't feel empowered to be able to do that. 403-974-8255. would love to hear your thoughts, especially if you've had any experiences either as the victim or feeling like you're the helpless bystander. Standard. 403-974-8255. I'm Angela Cocott. You're listening to Calgary Today. We are talking about sexual harassment and the idea that bystanders may have known in the case of, let's say, Harvey Weinstein, but we don't have to be looking at Hollywood. We can be looking in our own communities as well. George Cunningham is my guest, professor of sport management, Texas A&M University. George, I'm getting a number of texts because even as I talk about sexual harassment, How do we define it? Because I think that's also the problem is that maybe one person views sexual harassment differently than another person. Does that make it all the more complicated? Yeah, I can see how that uh, could be the case. And I can address some uh, definitions from a couple of perspectives. One is from a uh, perspective of U.S. Uh, legal system, in which case you have a hostile workplace environment. So if I'm telling crude jokes or if I'm repeatedly asking you out or talking about uh, sexual uh, topics at work, 
then that could create an environment, even if I'm not doing something specifically to an individual, that would be uncomfortable to work in. And another one is quid pro quo harassment. And that's where if I said, uh, if you do go out with me or if you provide this sexual favor, then I'll give you a promotion. And so those are the ways that the government sees it. Probably a different way of thinking about it could be uh, what a professor at the University of British Columbia, uh, Jennifer Berdahl, defines sexual harassment as behavior that derogates, demeans, or humiliates an individual based on that individual's sex. And so that provides a little bit broader definition. Um, but either way, I... Uh, in some cases, what one may consider sexual harassment, another person could not, which yeah. makes it all the more important for organizations to be very specific about here's what sexual harassment is, here's a zero-tolerance statement regarding sexual harassment, and here are ways that people can speak up and report sexual harassment when they witness it. And, and I'm glad even going back to the definition from uh, the UBC professor talking about uh, humiliates an individual based on that individual's sex, because it is clear that it's this isn't just a, a female problem. I mean, we have, as we've even heard with the, the Kevin Spacey allegations, when you mentioned toxic or hostile workplace, you can understand that uh, for men it can be difficult as well when they're having to feel like they're the victims in the situation and to be heard. So I think then it gets even more complicated when we talk about sexual harassment because this isn't limited to just women as victims. Exactly. And, you know, you can look at some of the statistics and certainly women can harass men and men can harass men and women can harass women. Mm -hmm. What we see most common, though, is men harassing women. Uh, and it doesn't mean that the others are not important, that the others don't take place. That's certainly not the case. Uh, but I think most of the attention, um, even if we look at the prevalence of sexual harassment, is on the men harassing women. And I'm glad you even mentioned statistics because when we talk about statistics, I think there's so many cases that aren't even reported. So sometimes we hear these alarming statistics and you think, well, that's probably just... Uh, scraping or s scratching the surface because I think in a lot of these situations, no one reports them. Exactly. And in fact, at the, so sexual harassment is the top uh, source of uh, or the top topic that's reported to the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission in the U.S. That noted only one in four victims report sexual harassment. Mm. And so it is remarkable how prevalent it is in the workplace. And I know this, this Green Dot training program, it sounds like it's a specific program. I'm, I have to check to see if it's even available here in Canada. But when you talk, they, they, they set out specific um, applications or what you process you can do in order to report what you think may be sexual harassment, either to yourself or someone you work with. Yeah, and it's really just preparing people to intervene. And so how can you, uh, whether it's, again, people in a fight or uh, uncivil behavior in a workplace or whatever uh, the situation we're talking about, how is it that you can be aware of your surroundings and what are steps you can take to be an active bystander instead of just one who sees it and goes on about her day? 
George, thanks for starting the conversation with us. Sure. Thank you for having me on. And for and more importantly, thank you for uh, discussing this on your show. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Thank you very much, George. George Cunningham, Professor of Sport Management at Texas A&M University. And I'm, I'm getting lots of texts and I want the conversation to continue in our next half hour because we have talked about bullying in the past. You know, we always talk about how bullying in school, we talk about it so much, and yet it hap- still continues to happen. And whenever we talk about bullying, I always get texts and calls from people who say, wait a second, it's not just in schools. I'm bullied by my boss, and I'm in a position where I can't report him because we know the economy is rough right now. I've got to put up with it. So there's this awful culture when it comes to bullying. Well, you can bet sexual harassment is even more serious and whether or not co-workers recognize it feel like they have the tools to be able to report it and then to be able to have the support of management that they were going to stand behind those allegations or look into them further so i want to hear from you 403-974-8255 let's take a break for news i've got a number of texts coming in we'll open up the phone lines as well but we are talking about sexual harassment not in hollywood we're talking about it right in our own backyard